2: Lean
1: back, lean back,
2: lean back, lean back, uh, uh, lean back. Lean back,
0: lean back, do it, do it, do it, it, do it, do do it, now, listen to me now. I'm the 20 rounds. And if you want me, me, then come and get me now. Is you with me now, let's make it, make it bounce. I know you dig the way I s- s- switch my style.
1: S- switch my style. S- switch my style. S- switch my style. Now, all well, these bitches want to try and be my bestie. But I take a left.
0: and
2: Lean back, lean back. Uh-uh. Do, 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 hey, the let's do it, do it, do, on, yeah. do, it do, do it, do, do it, you hey, <laughs> what is up folks it's so bad it's good with ryan bailey this is ryan bailey this is your tuesday episode uh we are coming right out of the gate monday what a uh i was about to say shit show but it was just that we we lost an extra hour so we're you're still on that sleep schedule from the daylight savings time and that's the only thing that sucked monday's always genuinely i i, I find everybody kind of breaks down mondays into two camps either you're a yeah it's monday let's. A- Tackle of the week, or you're like, oh man, I got a case of the Mondays. Which one are you? I think I'm a case of the mon. I actually, I don't. I know I'm a case of the Mondays guy. I start feeling comfortable with the week right around Thursday night is when I usually hey, really come alive. Um, <laughs> the, um, so I've been catching up with everything. This is going to be uh, a great episode. It's going to be not a little different. I mean, it's going to be the same thing, you guys, but we have. Uh, we have a guest today that i wanted to talk to for a long time. Pretty much any guest on here I've wanted to talk to. But this one I've wanted to talk to for a long time. Uh, you guys might know her from a little show called Real Housewives of New York. Let me give you a clue. Holla! That's right. Heather Thompson is coming on the podcast today, and she has a podcast actually for the same uh, production company over at iHeartRadio that I do, so they hooked me up with this because I was like, they're like, do you want to talk to her? And I was like, "Um, yeah, why are you, yeah, don't even ask, I guess I want to talk to Heather Holla Thompson, and then I listened to her podcast, and it was really cool because You know those things that you listen to and you you hear them at the right time or there's some sort of positive message or or somebody trying to help you think through business or life or how you eat. I, I mean, I guess that's lifestyle, right? Um, but Heather has a podcast called in my heart. It's produced by the same company that produces mine. And she was just great. Like we talk a little bit about New York, but I gotta say, this is not uh, and I didn't want to run kind of a, a lascivious interview. I know most people would be uh, more interested in, in us here, like, you know, us talking shit for an hour. I totally get that. Uh, I do. And, and there are times in the show that we do do that. But I kind of had bigger questions for Heather and I was just really excited because here's somebody that has gone through a lot in their lives who has uh, made a success out of a lot of things. And I also, we do get a dip into this last season because the more I read about it, the more I always get curious about like, why did you come back and how did they pitch it to you? because we all saw it. It was kind of a mess of a season. And we've talked to Ebony on this show, and, and uh, hopefully we'll talk with Leah at some point as well. And and I, I you know, we, we're not, she doesn't talk bad about them. And, and another thing that I love that Heather did, I've been thinking about this a lot, and we talk about the concept of forgiveness. You guys heard I was talking about it on Monday as well. And we talk about her appearance on Watch What Happens Live after the season or, or during this to kind of uh, apologize or clarify the statements that she made, and I always thought that was kind of a really good move to actually come out and go, this is what I meant, this is, this is, and I'm sorry uh, for what I said or how it was taken, uh, and this is the context in which I said these things, um, kind of facing the issue and 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 doing it with kind of grace and style, and I, I really did appreciate that. Um, so we talk about that for a moment as well, but overall, she's just a really, I, I just, I, I, gosh, I sound so geeky when I'm like, she's a great spirit, but I thought, you know, you know, like there's a people where I was like, oh, she makes me like, it was, I, you know, I talked to these people and it's like, depending on the day I'm having, you know, it's, it'll either hit you at the right time or it doesn't. and And I was talking to her and it just kind of hit me at the right time. And I just needed to hear from somebody like her. And I was really enjoying listening to the episodes, her past episodes of her podcast, Um, cause it was just great. She just has something to say about everything. And it it just definitely a different relationship with her podcast than I have with mine. And they're both awesome. Uh, Well, I mean, I don't know if mine's awesome, but so that's going to happen today. Now we got, uh, we're going to do a couple quick, quick news stories. I don't want to make this super long today. Yesterday's was almost two hours and I realize I've been doing these two hour ones a lot, which I know people like, but I want to, you know, strongly suggest going over to the Patreon. Uh, if you want to hear a gallery girls recap, me and Meditza Lopez just did our shoot in the shit episode, which is actually a really good, it was like a 50 minute episode, but I don't know. I really like those because me and Meditza are actually friends. So it's, it's not, um, You know, there's no, like, sometimes I'll get a little bit Ryan Seacresty on here. Like, hey, it's so bad, it's good. It's like mellow. We just talk as friends and, you know, we tease each other. We talk about our pasts, things like that. We talk a lot about uh, dating in this one, in this uh, Patreon episode. So uh, if you're always looking for more stuff, which I can't imagine you are. But if you are, go on over to the Patreon. Um, And by the way, hello, um, I I, want to say hi to Lori. I need to answer your email, Lori. It is it is coming. It has been a busy day. And also, this was cool. One of the listeners let me know who, uh, her name is Heather, and she asked, uh, she asked a lady on a date, and the, the lady said yes. And uh, I was so proud of her, because we, we we both share, we get very nervous on dates, and we get very nervous asking people out and stuff. And I just wanted to say, hey. You did it. I am very, that is a so bad. It's good. You just hit it out of the park, Heather. That is amazing. I am so proud. I'm going to need to get updates on that date entirely. Uh, She, (laughs) I really, I've had some of the worst first dates in my life. I've talked about them. You, the first year of the podcast, I talked a lot about them. Like one time my car got set on fire on a first date uh, accidentally because I left the ignition on. Uh, and I left the car running because I was so nervous. Like I was so in my head, I locked the car with the engine running and music blaring. And I was so nervous that I just wasn't aware of it until I came out to the car two hours later, and the the uh, Be- the Beverly Center parking garage was all like just filled with black smoke and my white course my poor white corsica and like counting crows was blaring and i was like i love counting crows and then i realized it was coming from my car and i was like no and like you can't that's hard to explain to a girl of like Um, Well, I was such a dipshit nervous person that I left it on. Hey, do you want to go out for another drink? Like it just, it doesn't work. So Heather, I hope your date goes way better than most of my dates have gone. I believe in you. I totally believe in you. You can do this. In fact, that's what it's really all about, right? It's like we watch all of these reality shows and all this pop culture stuff as a respite from our own lives, from actually sometimes living our own lives because the reality of living your own life is sometimes so damn hard and scary. Like I'm schwitzing right now just thinking about going on a date. Like it's that that shit is hard. So please go out and do something hard this week and then tell me about it. That'll make me go out and do something. I went and hiked today. I, I stuck to my diet today. That Those are two hard things. I did that. Wow. Okay. Well, let start to the week. Um. So we've got some news. Now, yesterday I was talking to you guys about uh, Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz. There's a lot of rumors going around that they have uh, separated. Now, Take this with a grain of salt as anything. uh, The Sun, uh, the U.S. Sun, which is pretty much a tabloid, uh, has a headline saying, Vanderpump Rules, Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz's split after 12 years together. It says, Now a source close to Katie, 35, and Tom, 39, exclusively told The Sun that while they have been flip-flopping whether or not to stay in their relationship, they are currently spending time apart. Katie and Tom have split and gotten back together and split and gone back, gotten back together. They're currently not together. No, she's doing her own thing right now, the insider claimed. They continued, they flip-flop, they're still cordial and see each other and go to the same events because of their mutual friend group, but they just focus on themselves. She hasn't filed for... Divorce yet, but it's being discussed. They're just taking time apart right now and seeing what happens. So I don't, I mean, you know, I interviewed Tom Sandoval in mid January or something, you know, and, and I know they were not, uh, separated at that time. Um, and just how we had discussed a bunch of things, even off mic. So I know that, but, um, you know, they, they also, I, I You know, they might be one of those couples that, you know, we all know that, that like split, get back together, split, get back together. So who knows? Um, I think if you go by their social media that you do see, it looks like they both are spending time apart. But, you know, you just hope for the best. I, I mean, it, it, that part of when I separated from my ex, that first part, like you're living on adrenaline. You know, I just remember God, I remember at one point living in my car for a couple nights because I just it, it, it was just so. Like I think about that now, and you're just like, how did I get through that? Because you you're not you're barely getting sleep, you're worried all the time, you're sick. I mean, it's it's so hard. Um, it 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 kind of like. I don't know. The human body has this kind of amazing ability to just like take care of you at times. Like I think about it now. I'm just like, oh my God. So for both of those dudes, I hope they are okay. Um, And it's one of those things where I do know people close to that situation. But I also just want you to know, guys, I don't ask shit like that because I'm also not trying to be friends with reality stars. Like – I mean, I think there was a point maybe three years ago that I was like, oh, it'd be really cool. Or I thought, but now you realize like it kind of takes away um, your ability to actually tell the truth in situations. I mean, we saw it with Heather Gay and Jen Shaw last night, right? Like, wow. At what point too is the onus on like Jen, like Jen should feel really guilty that she's letting her friends go that to bat for her. You know, like at some point you do have to take, you know, these people are going out of their way, ruining some of their reputations to, to, to speak up for you. And I think there is kind of a narcissism in that of just allowing people to do that when it is a very grim situation and and you're really, you know, in Jen's case, it looks like she's really letting people, not just go to bat, but almost in some cases, like take the fall for her. Like almost in some cases just look like an idiot. Um, But uh, I like to be able to say what I think. So it's very hard and and I'm not looking to be friends. I'm not looking to, you know, say like, dude, going to Tom Sandoval's house. That's one thing that was like, that's a, that's a, a, I came out of the womb wanting to do that. But you know, when I'll, I get a fucking kick going to Dorit's room, I get a kick like, but also I wouldn't get a kick out of, you know, going to Dorit's house, like, and being, like, I don't want to hang out with Dorit. I want to go to the Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo and take funny pictures and be stupid there. There's, like, a difference. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of the show, I want to talk about the show and kind of the deeper meanings of the show. I'm really excited. Actually, I have a guest coming on in a couple of weeks who is a PhD, and we're going to be talking reality shows because she wrote a really, really interesting uh, book about all of this. So I'm very, very excited to talk to her. I can't wait to share that with you guys. Um, So we'll find out more. I will let you know as soon as I know anything more. Also, uh, I told you Beverly Hills. Uh, is coming back in May along with Real Housewives of Atlanta, and now we have word that Southern Charm. We are going to have a busy May, folks. You gotta, you gotta buckle up because May is going to kick our butts in terms of not living our own lives and watching TV. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough May, you guys. Um, also, we have it uh, now that Real Housewives of Miami they are going to be airing the full season over on Bravo. Uh, starting in April, I believe. So you're going to see that on Bravo, not Peacock. It's already fully aired on Peacock and people are like, that sucks. That's why I got a Peacock subscription. Now everybody gets it. they did the same thing with ultimate girls trip. And I think this was their plan. The entire time, um, was to try to get people over there at first, And then use that content over on Bravo. It's like kind of a smart decision. I don't know why people are bitching about it. And and for the people who don't have Peacock, it is your chance to see it now. It's a very good show. Uh, But I think if you would go into any of the contracts of these ladies, you would probably see the clause in there that they knew. There's a big motorcycle going in. That they knew that this would be happening. That it would not just be on Peacock, but it eventually would be on Bravo as well. So uh, the other thing too is that we got our first look at um, the upcoming The Kardashians on Hulu, premiering April 14th. Like I said, busy April, busy May of TV. Uh, The preview looks... The trailer looks good, you guys, but here... We've been fooled by trailers all our lives, right? The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City had an amazing trailer, and we saw that's this season turned out. So we're going to do a full trailer breakdown later in the week. So we're going to go through all of those moments together. And if you don't like the Kardashians, you can just fast forward or go to the timestamp that you, you prefer – Um, but, uh, there were some good moments, man. And there's also some moments where I'm like, shit, don't put that in there. We do get to see Tristan in there (laughs) and talking about their complicated relationship. We have a, a moment with Courtney saying she wants to have a baby with Travis Barker. We get Kim getting a text message from Pete and they're smiling. We see Kanye in it, which I'm like, no, of course the Kanye Kim stuff has dragged on today. What feels like 653. Uh, where um, Kanye uh, put an Instagram post of little buttons that little North had. He's obsessed with North. Like I talked to him, obsessed with North, doesn't know the other kids' names. Um, Has On North's backpack, has a button of Kim and a button of Kanye, like cartoon buttons. And then the middle button was an alien, which I thought was like kind of funny and cool. And I was like, I don't want those buttons. Uh, And he was like, I picked, you know, I once you know I have to fight to get my children and and I pick up pick her up for school last week and this is what I see and I was like I don't and this is why I go so hard for my family don't worry Northy um you know daddy's here and God is gonna protect it was just and then Kim wrote Kim wrote underneath this Instagram post it was like stop with this narrative you actually just came and picked up the kids for school this morning what are you talking about so I want to postulate the theory that if we think the Kardashians and Kris Jenner are good at manipulating the media, let me also say that I think Kanye is very good at it as well. Now, he wants to keep talking about this um, this narrative that we're all calling him crazy. and I want to postulate the theory that maybe he's not crazy. Maybe he knows exactly what he's doing, but maybe he's just not working and maybe he's a step out of the game and he doesn't do it as deftly. So A lot of this shit that he thinks he's doing kind of gets poked full of holes. Um, I had made a comment on Instagram yesterday where, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of rumors out there with Kanye where he talks big in rap songs and he talks big on Instagram and social media. But in reality, from what I've heard in multiple instances, the guy's a teddy bear. He's extremely nice. And uh, he's very non confrontational. So it's always interesting to see. And we always talk about this with social media, right? What we put out on social media is usually so uh, different than who who we really are. I find that idea so scary, but also it's something that we can all relate to is that, you know, we show people what we want to see what we show people what we want them to see. Like I want to show you Ben Affleck memes. That's what I want to share with you guys. <laughs> um, so this saga will continue. Unfortunately, it seems like this is going to go on for the rest of my life. Hopefully, not the rest of yours. And uh, we'll follow it as uh, until I I can't take it anymore. Eventually, I will claw my my eyes out and, and poke holes in my ears So I have to hear or see any of this, but for now I can handle it. Oh, okay. I, I talked about this yesterday and I didn't have the right number or they had closed down the number because this school project, this elementary school project that I thought was so awesome. And I wanted to share it with you guys. Cause you might need some encouragement or you might need some advice from kids. And I thought this was like the coolest project done by these teachers. So this project I'm about to talk about, it was envisioned by Jessica Martin and Asherah Weiss, who teach art at Westside Union Elementary School in a place called Heldsburg. And they said, we wanted to do a project that was going to be simple enough to do and call on kids to think about what they wanted to say in the world to uplift other people. And as we all know, we've been going through a lot these last few years. So we wanted to do something really simple, but profound. So they went to each classroom in a very small school, whose 141 students range in age from kindergarten to sixth grade. And they gave these kids a simple uh, prompt. They said, uh, It's been a very few, uh, rough few years. You kids are incredibly resilient, and you found all kinds of ways to stay joyful. Um, And they encourage the children to think of moments when they felt frustrated and they received good advice or come up with something helpful on their own. So all of the responses in this hotline are really coming from the kids and their own life experience and the advice that they've gleaned over their short years on the planet. Now, this was right up my alley just because it makes me smile. And I mean, some of this stuff actually is profound. I've spent way too much time on this. So it was flooded with calls, so much so that they had to take down the old number, but I'm going to give you guys the new number. If you guys need some kind of pep talk today, if you need words of encouragement, here's the number. And this is free. Uh, I mean, if you have, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's there's not a charge for this. It's 707-873-7862. Now let's call this together so we can uh, so I can let you know what we're dealing with here. Speaker, here we go. A public art project by Westside School. Please listen to the following options for encouraging messages. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press one. Always. If you need
1: it, words of encouragement and life advice, press two. I do, yes. If you need a pep talks from kindergarteners, press three. Let- if you need to hear a kids laughing with delight, press four. <laughs> or encouragement in Spanish. Press
2: five. Okay, let's let's do three. Let's do three. I can do it. Keep
0: trying. Keep trying. If you're feeling mad, frustrated,
2: or... Okay, we can do it. Okay, let's... If you need it, words of Let's, and life advice, right let's do words of encouragement and life if advice. From kindergarten, be grateful for yourself. Dude, live it up. Live it up. Be you. I trust that you can make things work. Be happy. Try it again. Believe in yourself. If you're feeling up high high and unbalanced, think of groundhogs. It's okay to be different. Always stay together. Together. Don't give up, power through. We
0: already like you.
2: Never back down, never give up. (laughs) The world
1: is a better place with you in it. Everyone is capable of doing anything. You just have to let yourself shine.
2: Bro, you look great. Be responsible. Be nice is weird. You are okay. We, we love, love you. If you wow, it's really cool, right? I'm tearing up uh, like the wussy I am, but I uh, that actually. I love that, and I wanted to share that with you guys in case you needed something to hear that too. Uh, you guys, that is the perfect intro for our guest, who I believe is a very positive person as well. I can't wait to—I uh, can't wait for you guys to hear this. Of course, we know her from Real Housewives of New York, but she does so much more. Uh, you can find out everything that she does at her website, heatherthompson.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-E-R-T-H-O-M-S-O-N.com. She really does do it all. And I strongly, strongly recommend checking her podcast out, which you get the information in the intro, but I'll put it in the show notes as well. But uh, you guys ready to holla? You guys ready to holla mama? Because we've got the one, the only Heather Thompson. Here she is. Uh, welcome back to So Bad It's Good. Today is uh, today is a day of note. Today is a day that I could have only dreamed of two years ago. There are certain people uh, that are in this, uh, this, this reality show world, even though this person is so, so much more than that, that you watch and you're like, oh, I hope someday I would actually get to talk with this person. And today is that day for me and for us. Very generous with her time today. Um, So the thing you might know her from, which is so silly thinking about of everything else she's done, but a little show called Real Housewives of New York. Uh, You might have known Earth Seasons 5 through 7, and of course... We don't even need to bring up season 13, but she's done all of this, but also she's been this kind of amazing thing that saw uh, a a gap in the industry and made this kind of beautiful, uh, we're going to talk about all of her businesses, but also just so inspirational. Her podcast that you can download and subscribe right now and go leave a five-star review um, is called In My Heart with Heather Thompson. Heather, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. What a lovely intro. I appreciate all of those things that you said. Uh, so kind.
2: Well, and I'm so, I, and that said so nervous. I, I, in my head, I had done it so much better, Heather. And it was, <laughs> I was, I, and I guess the first question, how sick are you of saying holla? Uh, I mean, yeah, are you, I, you know, I
1: don't think I'll ever get sick of it because <laughs> it wasn't something that was made up or, you know, trying to appropriate anything it's something that I use with me and my friends and it was a encouraging term. And it was like, you know, holla back at me or, you know, like cheers kind of thing. Like, you know, just, and it was a part of my life and it was a part of my vocabulary and it naturally happened. um, And then it was forced after that. So it was like, you know, the producer was like, you got to have the Heatherism, you know, you got to put your, And so it was amazing how, I mean, I get nails on a chalkboard kind of stuff. Like sometimes just things annoy people, Um, but it was such a harmless thing that annoyed people. No, 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 the housewives. no, no,
2: no, no. It never annoyed me. I was just cracking up when I was doing research. It was just like, I was going through your taglines. and It was like season five. My success is built on making women look and feel their best. Holla season six, a true New Yorker never backs down. And I'm no exception. Holla season seven. I'm stronger than anything in my way. Holla. And I was like, Amazing messages, and I love that they incorporated the hala into it. Thank and, you. I'm glad um, you saw
1: the authenticity in the messages. Thank well, you.
2: <laughs> you seem like one of the most authentic housewives and people because I was I was telling you before we started I uh, subscribed to your podcast recently, and I. Just went through like seven episodes, and it's this amazing thing, you guys. Because you know, there's things like Carol Radswell's on it, Dave Quinn, the author of the book that we all know and love. You know, they're on it, but it's also so much deeper. I was listening to a, a, a yoga practitioner today. I was listening to a sex therapist. I was listening to these things that are geared towards women, but also I got so much out of it, you guys for her year anniversary, she talked to Tina Knowles. Um, I don't know if you know Tina, it's like Beyonce's mom. It was incredible. Why did you, um, why podcasting to share the messages you want to share? What, What drove you to that?
1: I think it was that, you know, I could be in control of my own messages and that there were so many things that I wanted to get across on television, but it wasn't the Heather Thompson show, right? So... Basically, after my experience being on television and, you know, being in the public eye and understanding how people would look to me to things or find information, I just realized, uh, you know, how blessed I was to come across in my life, such extraordinary people, whether I knew them or I didn't know them, or I just met them. And I wanted to share that like someone like Tina Knowles, who's been a huge mentor and, you know, owns a piece of my heart. And so, to be able to share her and the way that I know her and what I think makes her so dynamic and layered, I wanted to get, you know, get into that with. Uh, old friends and new friends, and that's really what in my heart is all about. It's about the things that you know. I'm I'm a very curious person. I'm always curious, and I want to keep learning and keep evolving and growing. And so, people that interest me, or I'm like, wow, I never knew about that, or mind blowing stories of survival or overcoming things. Uh, you know, that's what I want to share within my heart.
2: And you are like, I mean, it really is truly uh, an incredible podcast. That you know, it always it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so silly now talking about the Kardashians like this. You're pushing <laughs> like, I mean, but it was, it's so nice because I'm at this point in my life. And I think a lot of us are uh, coming out of COVID or we're potentially we're still in it where we lost a step where we are a little nervous and a little inward right now and don't know exactly what the next step is. And it's so refreshing to have somebody out there like asking these questions of saying, what is going to make us not just the best woman, but the best person. And, uh, it's this inquisitive mind that I always thought you naturally had, but I think there's takes a big heart to do what you do, and that's why I think housewives is such a an interesting calling card because sometimes they don't go for the heart, you know. Like I mean, they we get we we love you and loved you, but it does you know hinge on drama, it or or it hopes to hinge on drama, and you even talk about this uh, different times of you know, this was a great calling card for you and a great, uh, way to, to talk about your business. Did you count on the rest of it though?
1: Not really. I mean, I think that I was, um, naive going into it for sure. Both times, by the way, you know, but at least I showed up as my authentic self. Like I didn't, I don't study it. I don't try to fit in or be what, you know, and the show has changed a great deal from the beginnings, you know, to where, where you can see it today. Um, So I think that the idea of um, being on the show um, and having that experience was an idea that I had an open door to understand anything that was going to come with it, the good, the bad, the ugly, like I I was open to the experience. So I tried not to put way too much, put too much leverage on it because, hey, if if it was terrible... It would be terrible for a minute and I would get through it and I will have said I did it and I will have learned a lesson. And even though it wasn't terrible the first three years, I would I can't say that about the, the quick return and exit, um, but it still left me with lessons about the most important person in my life, and that's me. So I learned about myself. I was able to self-reflect on that show and evolve and grow into a better human. And I don't think I would have had that opportunity if I hadn't had the good, the bad, and the ugly of the housewives.
2: I was listening to you talk about being grateful. And, and that that is something that I struggle with every day. Like I fill out this journal in the morning, like three things that I'm grateful for. And I'm like, coffee? Like I don't, I, I struggle with That's okay.
1: With it, but coffee can be something you're grateful <laughs> but, for. <it. laughs>
2: but I love people and it's, you know, that you really genuinely are this grateful person. And it's like, I want to try to emulate that. Like, were you always this person? Did you grow into this person? Where do you come from and and how did this, how did you grow?
1: I've definitely grown into it and it comes from life experience, right? And perspective, which part of the reason for the podcast too is because I have two kids and you mentioned, you know, like we're teaching both men and women, You know, it's not just about women because the women me too is happening. It's it's about very much about equalizing, you know, a playing field of equity for everybody. That's I think what's most important right now, today. And so I forgot that I forgot your question.
2: (laughs) No, just have you always been this way? Did you grow like did you used to be like I used to be really negative? no, I
1: haven't always been that. You know, who I was when I first started working for Puffy. You know what I mean? And then who I was when I was working for Jennifer Lopez. And then who I was when I was working for Beyonce. Those are marked times of my life. And I can look back at those times and what was it that I was focused on, right? When I worked with Puffy, he pushed me as hard as anybody could ever push me. I realized through him that I bend, but I don't break. And so I didn't know that about myself without that experience. You know, Beyonce is someone who taught me like pure humility. That's why she's your favorite because she has a heart Of gold and a soul that matters, and she's you know believes in spirit and faith and 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 leaning into your brother, hard
2: work, you know, and
1: hard. And that's that's I was gonna say. That's the caveat that loops it all together. You know, Jennifer taught me about multitasking and things like that. But even Jennifer Lopez, I mean, from how I knew her, I've watched her evolve. We all hopefully take life's knocks and scrapes and scratches and put them in our journey book to say, gosh, if that didn't happen to me, I wouldn't look at things this way. I wouldn't see it that way. So perspective is, I think something we gain in, in, in life experience and with aging, um, I want to just teach a little bit of perspective to people who come after me. I want to give them a little bit of a playbook as to, you know, what to expect, you know, what to look out for, just the things that my parents and their generation weren't even in touch with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can you, I mean, like, I love talking to my mom about like going to therapy and she's like, why do you need that? I mean, <laughs> you could talk to me, you can talk to, you know, like, it's so, it's so funny. They just yeah. weren't raised with the same opportunities that we have to kind of like, um, broaden our horizons and become, uh, you know, better in so many ways. Uh, is it, is it interesting to have to teach your children these things as well? I mean, is that another struggle? And I want to teach my perspective to you guys.
1: It's my heart. You know what I mean? Being able to tell them like my, my wisdom, my knowledge, my experiences, how boy, I did that once. and, And guess how it turned out for me. I share with them everything. I tell my kids you know, some, everybody has different parenting styles. I tell my kids the honest truth when they ask me a question, I never lie to them. They may push pause and say, let me think about how I want to answer that, you know, but I open myself up to them so that they have the book of my life experiences, the good and the bad and things that I'm learning still today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something that I learned, you know, there's a lot like, like our parents' generation didn't really talk about self-love, right? But, and, and, and we were taught those little things like boys don't cry and that's bullshit. God gave us tears for a reason. And so a lot of the old, um, adages or bumpers, if you will, that society has brought on us because everything was supposed to be in a perfect little box and they like things neat. I like to blow all that stuff away because none of it's true. It's an illusion. I think one of the struggles of being a human being and being an adult is to recognize that there's no one going to come and save you but there's definitely help along the way. You can only save yourself. You can only make the change that you wanna see in your life if it starts within you. And people don't really, it sounds fluffy and they don't know exactly what that means, but if you can get, get down to the anchor of it through storytelling, through experience, what that really means, I think that there'll be a lot of heartbreak saved. You know, I'm watching this. I watched this show last night for two seconds with my daughter. I watched one or two episodes. Love is blind. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what do you My think heart Love is broke
1: blind. for some of the women who were like <laughs> deflated because he was talking. I'm like, the whole concept of the show is, is to make jealousy happen, to make, you know, And I'm watching these people who really want authentically to find a partner to fill a void in their life, to, you know, be that empty missing piece. I want to tell them all, you don't need anybody to fill a void in. You got to fill your voids and then you got to find the the partner that can help, you know, enrich that, support that
0: and not expect them to be
1: the end all be all because nobody can be. That's just a falsehood. And when we look at partnering in life.
2: Well, that's I mean, I watch even shows like The Bachelor. And I always crack up when the guy's in the room with 30 women. And he's like, I can feel that my wife's in this room tonight. And I'm like, how would you ever be able like what you must be insane then? Like that, that just doesn't work like that. Do you watch those shows like Love is Blind though? And now you know how these shows are stitched together or Frankenstein. Do you ever go, Oh, come on, I know exactly what's going on here?
1: I don't watch reality TV. I my kid, like, you know, I definitely um I never watched The Bachelor because it went against my grain as a female. That was just my opinion on it. <laughs> yes. And, you know, if people just took it really lightly, but there were hearts and and minds, you know, that are getting shattered and, you know, real people that are, that are, you know, just being destroyed or their confidence is not built up. But toward, so I, I never was a fan of The Bachelor because it's just not, where I want to spend my time, I have so many things I feel like I could be lending into, than you know, taking into that toxicity. And I think, unfortunately, I, you know, the reality shows I like to watch, I like to watch the guy who's building a house in the woods for a family that are trying to be, you know, kind of live off the land or pioneers or, you know, foraging their own food and being sustainable, being off the grid. That to me is really interesting reality because like the reality is, is that we got to get this job done before the snow comes. And you know what I mean? And like, you know, and of course it's like all the music and all that stuff, but I like watching real reality. I like watching, real people, real human stuff. I love documentaries. I love to see oh, the gosh, truth yeah. about humans. There's so much dynamic things to happen than forced stuff. I always that- say that,
2: I, you know, in, in, in this world, you know, I, I used to uh, teach acting and stuff and, and it would be like, well, the character wouldn't say that this is just too crazy. I'm like, have you looked at real life? Real life is 30 times more exciting and crazy than you will ever. Like, I mean, just look at somebody in a subway, just look at somebody in an airport. You could just disappear. And somebody's story, just watching the gait of their walk, or the smile, or the frown on their face, and that's why I mean I love documentaries too, and I think reality shows, of course, were the offspring of that. But it's almost sometimes like a uh, uh, redheaded, you know, bastard child. of like yeah. we, we took I this like and they, we I started. I feel like
1: reality shows were more the offspring of soap operas well, than like, documentaries. Yes. You know, yeah. I guess maybe it's a it's a it's kind of a mixture, but they kind of took a real life identities and put them in a soap opera type setting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I used to, that's what I used to like about the reality shows when I, when I joined them, when I got asked to be on and I went and lo- looked at a few of them and I, I was like, oh my God, I could lean well, into You thought you were going to be on The Apprentice,
2: right? Did you think you were going to I be thought on the I
1: apprentice was going to be on The
2: Apprentice. <laughs> okay. That's what I, th- I read that and I was like, is that true? And then you wound up on Real Housewives of New York. Yeah.
1: I thought they wanted my product. They thought they wanted my business to appear on The Apprentice as something that they were going to try to like do a campaign for or whatever like that. And it wasn't until a few minutes into the call, you know, a few seconds really into the call, I understood that I was actually being, um, you know, asked to audition for the Real Houses of New York. And I was like, oh my God, oh God, no. (laughs) But I did it anyway. And I have zero regrets that I did even going back, even though it is nothing at all that I thought it would be or nothing that I hoped that it would be. um, I do think people know now that the, the, you know, there, when I was on the show early on, like way back in, I was like, is it real? Is it really scripted? Is it, I think people understand it's a produced entertainment television show. And so I don't worry about that much about any of the stains that may happen because I show up as who I am. If you watch me, you see who I am. You don't need to believe an edited TV show who you I have am. Confidence That's in not easy you by the way, either, but no, but I you have
2: confidence in who you are. You believe in who you are.
1: Well, I know who I am. And I've I've and it's been a painful journey to accept my truth, stand in my truth, admit when I'm wrong, know when I've got to lean in and do the work, you know, know when, you know, intent is very important. And I don't want to ever say that it isn't, but understand that impact sometimes can outweigh that. So I think all of that is stuff that I take and I I put in my, you know, my bag of work. And yeah. And that's, so So that's what I take from the experience and the show.
2: Well, I also think it's, um, I mean, first off, I went, do your kids know you're a legend? Do your do your kids <laughs> know that? Or are they just like, mom, come on? Because I have to imagine you've been out in the past and people come up to you and freak out over you or something. Uh, yeah. Do they find all of this part of your life? uh, silly or do they like, that's really cool, mom.
1: I think both, I think it's a matter of both. I think when they were really little and people would come up or, inter- you know, interrupt us, you know what I mean? Like, and in, in well-meaning ways when they were little, they were kind of like, what are you doing? Like I was talking to my mom, <laughs> you know, now they, but then I would explain to them, you know, and they was like, Oh, you know, and they Ella would get in the picture or whatever. Um, Now they are teenagers. So they have opinions, they have, you know, points of view and perspective and we share in that so we use it still as a place to communicate from you know, it was a it was a family decision to do when I went back to the show I said, you know what should I do. And, you know, Jack's really didn't, he's like, mom, I don't really see the benefit. I mean, when you watch it, when you look at it, like, it's not really who you are. Like, and I was like, well, I feel like I can lean in and help. He's like, if you feel like you're going in because you you feel like you could be helpful, then I want you to, to, to do it. And when I realized I was not going to be helpful at all, that I was actually in a position that I had no right even to, to be in, um, I realized that that was going to really work against me and I'd rather be helpful off-screen and lean in and do the work off-screen. So and basically so basically you're saying Jax is a genius. I told you so moment for Jax, but yeah. they supported me trying and they supported me exiting.
2: Uh I would have by the way that's the camera I would have loved on is that family conversation. Like the pros and I mean those are the things that really truly fascinate me as I get deeper into watching these shows because that's, you know, I feel like we we have to You know, we have the suspension of disbelief, like this is really happening. But the story behind the story is so much more fascinating than the story itself, I find. And especially in this past season, which, I, you know, am I allowed to ask, like, how did they pitch it to you that you would come in and be the positive light that you are and that was exciting? Because I feel like they pitched something to you that went drastically uh, wrong in a very weird season not just from you from across the board they did it felt like a very sloppy didn't know where we were going season did they pitch it to you in a certain way
1: yeah they pitched it to me that it was um I was going to be a bridge that they they saw me as a bridge and so I mean who doesn't want to be a bridge you know what I mean but I didn't really understand that you know that I was going to be putting myself in a position to be advocating You know what I mean? For, uh, you know, for people that I shouldn't be advocating for, but I need to lean in quietly and be supportive. You know, for example, the microaggression, when that happened in my heart, because I I knew better, but I made an honest mistake. I used the wrong word to the wrong person. You know what I mean? And and it was a wrong setting to use that word. Now, I was happy that I made the error because this is exactly why I went on the show, to show that we're human, to understand that just because you know something to be one way doesn't mean it's someone else's truth. So when I made that microaggression, as I walked out the door, I hit myself on the head. I said, I can't believe I did that. I go, but it's good. Because I had, I believed in, I believed in that Ebony was there for the right reason. And I believe that it would be a good scenario between us that we would, that we could be a teachable moment. And I could show my underbelly and go, boy, did I mess up? And here's why. So that people would take it and, and use it in their lives and go, geez, I didn't know that was a microaggression. So, and it's a micro aggression. That's exactly what it is. But man, I got slayed. I got called a racist, white trash, a white supremacist, a Karen, and again and again and again, and every other thing. And I just thought, what a shame. What a shame. And so, and as it continued the editing, you know, I realized it was just, you know, for the Would drama- you-
2: But it's interesting I mean that was like We're coming off a two years You know where everybody's angry And everybody's angry For so many reasons And so many like Reasons of substance Reasons of And and sometimes with these shows You know you have to delicately Like I don't think you know, it's painful for me to watch Ramona not learn. It's painful for me to watch these people that have given me so many amazing comedic moments, which so many, uh, to be polite, and to go like, Yo, you know, it's, it's just an extension of what we're going through in America, which I think is important, but sometimes these shows don't handle it. Uh, there's no nuance. So it's like, we need to be, I have a bad guy and we need to have a good guy. And we need, and this season just seemed like a Twilight Zone season of like, what is, how? Ha- I don't even know. And then Ebony's new, she's trying to make her way. But at, you know, like, I mean, she she came in and got Liam mad at you at that one scene. And you were just in there like, what? Like, you look like you got sucker punched. Like, yeah. you're like, like rope-a-doped. And I was like, this is so bizarre. This is so bizarre. So were you scared then to be like, I'm out? Or were you confident? No, I wasn't
1: decision? afraid at all. It was the easiest decision I made. I said, this was a mistake. It's not the right fit. I have no uh, purpose being here. Uh, I have no desire to be here. I, we all have 24 hours in the day, and this is not how I'm going to choose it. spend one second of mine. Not one second of my time do I want to choose in this environment. I'm not adding to anything. In fact, I'm a part of the problem now. And so, you know, someone like Ramona, I'll be on I'll be, I've never even said this publicly, but I'm going to say it. I mean, I've said it publicly, but I've never said it in a, in a, you know, place like this on your, on a podcast or something. I changed my colors. I changed my true colors for the show. That is one thing when I, the first season, when you see me interacting with Ramona, that is the truth. I found her abhorrent, her behavior abhorrent. I found her to be rude, obnoxious, you know, all those things. But then what I did is I tried to find things I liked. I tried to lean into the show. I tried to lean into her and she's never evolved. She's never changed. She's the same exact person I met. Even worse, I would say, because someone should evolve. That's part of like growth as, an, as a human being. But I'm not going to judge any of it. Now I'm just going to live in my truth. And so I now, I tell the truth, I'm not covering for anything. I'm not going to, if someone asks me, did this happen? I'm going to say the truth and I'm not going to pretend and I'm not going to change my spots because ultimately that was so Damaging to Heather, to me as a person, because now I'm going to they're going to say, "Oh, but you said you guys keep in touch, and you said this and that." Yeah, like once a year, <laughs> I'd call her, and I kept in touch because of the show, because I felt yes. like I was supposed to. But it's not that I wanted to, and what I was met usually at the other end was obnoxious, abhorrent, rude behavior. It's never changed, and never will change. And so, it's who she
2: is, it's exit left, I, honey. I love that, but because it's it speaks to. It speaks to so many people, whether it be our own personal like family members or, or just like they lean into this horrible behavior and they think because there's a uh, certain years lived on this earth that they're allowed to be abhorrent, that they're allowed not to learn, that it's almost a pride of like, look at me not learning. This is, you know, like, and I, I feel well, like I that's think we a dangerous do. I mean,
1: outside of reality, well, because it's very obvious to see that Ramona's been rewarded for her abhorrent behavior. Exactly. So, yes. But like, let's take it out of the reality world. And so, a lot of times when people, um, act out like that, the people around them are either too afraid to say anything or they don't want to cause a stir. They don't want to see the volcano erupt or they're dealing with a narcissist. You know what I mean? Who can never really see uh, into your emotion or into your struggle. They can only see into their own, you know, Uh, like, you know, I I think that that's like, they're never going to be responsive to your conflict is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, A narcissist yeah. will never be responsive to your conflict. And so that means your feelings, your feelings of feeling left out or your feelings of not being heard, they, they can't see any of that stuff. And so I think when we're dealing with people that don't want to learn, that don't want to listen to people who love them, then you're dealing, you know, with people that you have to choose whether you want in your life or not, or you have to lower lessen the expectation of the role they play in your world.
2: You guys, now is the uh, time of the show, my favorite time of the show, where we highlight our sponsors for this week. And we got two great ones, two returning sponsors. Our first one is Seed. Now, Seed is a probiotic, folks, and I got to personally endorse this. It, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about this first off comes in this really cool packaging. It's like green, it's hefty. They also come with like a little pill bottle that you can take on the road. Um, it's just really exciting for that. Now I also started taking probiotics cause I needed them because my doctor recommended them when I was on the antibiotics for the staph infection, they're like, you need probiotics cause it's going to tear your stomach up right and left. I don't need to get into that too much, but, uh, I started taking these every day and I was taking them actually even before that I've been on them for like a month and a half now. And it's just, I feel like I'm doing something great for myself. I just, I I do. And it turns out everything you think you know about probiotics may be wrong. Uh, So, uh, you know, probiotic tortilla chips, that I think that's too good to be true. So uh, good news is though, is that seeds daily symbiotic is the real deal. But remember, not all probiotics are created Equal. Now, they have a thing that I've been taking called the daily symbi- symbiotic. It is a broad spectrum two-in-one probiotic plus prebiotic. It's a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. Now, it's proprietary engineered two-in-one capsule that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon, where it's going to do all of the work. Now, if you've taken a probiotic before, which you might have um, and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. Seed is designed differently. And that's why I'd like to say that it works. Uh, So what uh, what does daily symbiotic do for you? It supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Yes. Seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation, if uh, you know what I mean. This is a family show. But it will also support your gut barrier, your skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Um this is a side note gut immune function is not boosting the immune system it's about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells if that makes sense so many see improvements in digestion within 24 to 48 hours which can include bowel movement regularity and ease bloating i feel no we can talk we hey you guys we're closed we can talk about bowel movements it's fine um uh if you need uh if you need more information this is all going to be up on the show notes as well um but i want you guys to start a new healthy habit today. So visit seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad to redeem. Get this 20% off your first month of Seeds Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com, say it with me, forward slash so bad and use code so bad. And they didn't really highlight in this, like I told you, the packaging, the packaging's dope. Like it really, the bottle and the pill bottle it comes with, I love, I really dig it. Now this, uh, Smart and Sass, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago as as well, uh, because it's like this subscription box service that gives you all of this cool stuff and it's kind of geared towards women, but I found some stuff even old Ryan, uh, wanted, uh, Annabelle DeSisto was in town and she took the, um, she, that came with this like pocketbook purse she took and she took this, um notepad it was like this really cool notepad with all of this stuff she took those off my hands which i was like i think she stole them i don't know but anyways uh we all know adulting is bullshit it's an onslaught of uh you know wtfs at least 20 times a day sometimes we just need a break from the day to day drab maybe a couple of cuss words a middle finger or two a few great laughs maybe this podcast whatever it takes to put adulting in timeout you need smart ass and sass the subscription box that Will say everything you want to say, so your mouth doesn't have to. <laughs> uh, smartass and sass items—they're curated personally, uh, curated and personally tested by the smartass and sass team. Which, by the way, what a, can you imagine seeing? You're on the smartass and sass team. I might just say I'm on that team because it's fun to say. So it's a group of really mouthy mofo's who want you to get a good laugh in your day-to-day life. SNS partners with some of the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month. I said this before, I think snarky gets looked down on. Now, I am a huge fan of snark. You got to have heart too, but I think snark, there is a great place for snark if you're an okay person. Um, like I said, the box that I got was so great. I said this before, but it is true. Like I got this box in the mail and I thought somebody sent it to me and I was like, sweet. I had no idea it was a sponsor. So it was, I was like looking around. I was like, is this for me? And then I was kind of, I got excited because there was like a mini stapler in it and like kind of these cool paper clips that had funny things. It it was like, cool. And then I found out, so it just shows you, if you mail me something, I will gladly, I will gladly take that stuff. Um, each big box will include one SNS design t shirt. Cool. Uh, it'll always have between seven to nine unique items. Very true. And it's valued at over $90. So, how do we do this, Ryan? How do we get this for us, for a family member, for my daughter, for my niece, anything? You can do this by going to www.smartassandsass.com. That's S M A R T A S S A N D sass.com. use code so bad for 10% off your first subscription order. And you can also follow Smartass on Sa- smart ass and sass on social media for your daily dose of attitude. I always feel like I should snap like your daily dose of attitude. Anyways, folks now is the time for the remainder of the show. Um, follow-up question. Will you be my life coach? Ah! <laughs> is that, was there, I mean, I was on your website and all this, you do all these like amazing retreats. You do yeah. all of these, like when did all of that start coming into these things too? Because I was, you guys, I'll put all the website information on the show description, but it's worth checking out because I was like, okay, you got the podcast, you do the, but then you're doing all of these insane, like retreat, not in, insane in a good way. Like retreats yeah. where I'm like, whoa, that looks crazy. Like that looks awesome. Like I want, how do you, where did this come from? Why? I mean, are you, i I noticed one was just in January. Are you, do you have more coming up?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we have one coming up in just a week. Um, I'm, I'll be leaving for the beautiful Gulf Coast of Alabama. We're going to the sun. <laughs> I need a little sunshine in my life. And um, I'm working with the Grand Hotel. It's a beautiful historic property on the Gulf Coast. And um, my retreats started really with me as a business owner, me owning my own business as an entrepreneur. As I moved into the world of entrepreneurialism, I was asked to speak. I was asked to be a panelist. I was asked to be on television as an expert, you know, from CNN to CNBC to all of those things. And through that, I garnered a following of people who would ask me for advice, ask me for questions, that sort of thing. Um, Then you throw the housewives into it. Obviously, your platform grows. I really try to keep mine authentic. I, I, you know, like it is what it is. I'm not trying to have a bunch of followers. I want engagement from people who want to engage in the things that I find interesting and important to me. And if that's not something that you find on my feed, I'm not for everybody and that's okay. So just through that is um, the the retreats have come out of it. Um, Heather Thompson, my adventure travel. Nature is everything to me. And it's so important for me to spend time in nature, whether it's like just sticking my toes in the sand for meditation or just to feel that vitamin D coming down on me, or it's pushing my limits and being really uncomfortable hanging off the side of a mountain. You know, (laughs) I think nature provides us unbelievable reality of of how sad life can be you know what i mean like the big one eats the little one you know what i mean or and things happen a hurricane happens like the the power of nature uh, and the resilience of nature and the beauty of nature represent everything that's important to me and so i find i find it's my church i mean i know you've heard a lot of mountain climbers and people say that I am the clearest thinking after I've been in in nature. I feel the most gratitude. I feel grounded. I meditate. I think the deepest when I'm in nature. And so my retreats are about teaching what I've learned from amazing guiding and amazing teachers and bringing people into self and, and, and listening to the truth that I have found in my inner voice, not the monkey voice, the inner, the true inner voice that if you really take pause and don't answer the question yourself in your with your own head but you ask yourself the question and you take pause, and you let it come to you. Your truth will always reveal itself. We just don't listen to it sometimes. As yeah, humans. With
2: the gremlin, or I call it the gremlin voice. We always listen to the gremlin voice, which is not the real voice. Gremlin voice is going to say you're less than, you're not good, you suck. Everybody's better. And I have a really strong gremlin voice. But you're yeah. right. Like if you actually sit in something, you can actually learn so much more. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, you know so what sorry. What the
1: ego says? You know what the ego says? The ego says. Seek and do not find. The ego loves to see. You see, so it's really taking. And we all have ego. We all. I mean, even my favorite Deepak Chopra. Like we all have, but he manages it, right? So it's all about the emotions are going to come. It's really about managing the, the emotions because you can't. You can't manage other people's emotions, right? That's why they say you can't control how you know someone acts. You can only you know control how you react. Um, As an adult, you know, I have an an obligation to manage my responses, to manage my my opinions, to manage my anger, to manage these things. And we don't always do it, but and we're going to get angry and there's reasons to get angry. And I believe in the emotion of anger, but I want to always kind of reduce anger, work to reduce conflict, work to, you know, move toward relationships that are fulfilling and less toxic.
2: Well, you were You were talking about that in the podcast. You were saying, you know, like, I've never, you know, sometimes if there are, you know, toxic people in my life, you don't have to sometimes make a big deal. I'm not talking to you again. Like you'll just, you know, you just let it fade away, you know, and there's, there's, yes, there's strength and, and in that. And it could you be know? a
1: lesson that you were meant to learn. Like some of the people that I I found were some people I had to exit out of my life or, you know, just move on from, they served a great purpose for me. And some moments of that relationship were spectacular and I'm so grateful for them But now they're over and it's time for me to move on, especially when I reveal the illusion to myself. You know what I mean? I, I try to fill in voids all the time with people and things and objects. And, and I just, now I try to catch myself. And then I have like, for example, example, a narcissist, and there's, you know, so many people that are, are, you know, suffer from that kind of abuse where they just, they're not seen by that other person. I try to now see the signs for that. I try to look out for the signs so I don't find myself going down that same path again. I'm like, oh, I see you. I know yes, you. Yes, yes. Nice to well, meet no, you. Is- I'll cheers Life- my beer and then I'm going to move along my merry Life- way.
2: <laughs> Life does this horrible thing where it really does show you repeated lessons where you're like, oh, this Happened again because you're an idiot and didn't learn it the first time, like you, like it really shows you the exact. Like, I'm in the same exact relationship. Yeah, look at American
1: history, look I, at American history, look at what the professionals, the, the scholars are saying on television. You know, I mean, God, you know, we're talking World War III here. Have we not learned a thing? If you do not learn from history, you are going to repeat it, and you can look at it at the biggest scale. God bless the Ukraine that we're in now, or you can put it in the small scale of your everyday choices.
2: Uh, you're, you're so right. May I, may I ask what are, do we still as humans collect new bad habits as we go along? Collect new, like do you, is there a thing right now that you're like, Heather, that you got to work on this. This is becoming an issue. Like, do you still have things where you're like, whoa, you know, like I'm, I've got to watch this. I got to work. Yes. On this.
1: Yes. I mean, until there's like light pouring out of my head, I'm going to be doing all of those things. I'm going to, you know, but, but the, the one thing that you said, that's so important is you said, wow, Heather, I've got to stop and take a break. So self-realization, self-awareness is the most important thing because you're not perfect. No one is, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall into old habits. You know, the awareness that you're there is the first step to move out of it you know what I mean? And so I think that I, I struggle with that, you know, when I'll fall into an old habit and I'll get down or I'll beat myself up. And I'm like, whoa, just recognize that you've fallen into this old habit and move, start to move away from it. What's the first thing you want to do to get out of that old habit? You know what? I'll say something really easy. Like say I'm eating too much sugar, like something very simple like that. I've fallen into this habit of snacking or something like that. All I do is the next day I say, I'm going to have one less snack today. I'm going to try to reduce what I know is bad for me. And I don't make it some lofty goal. I make it today. This is what I would like to accomplish. Yeah. And that I think we we set ourselves up with New Year's resolutions and with weight loss goals or relationship goals. We we set very lofty goals for ourselves and we set ourselves up to fail. You know, someone says, do a hundred push-ups. You're gonna go, oh God, someone says, do one push-up. Just start yeah. with one yeah. and one will lead to a hundred.
2: Um Of course, we heard about your podcast in this past season, Real Housewives of New York, but in a different way than actually what the podcast is, which cracks me up because if you guys listen to this podcast, which I highly recommend, go subscribe right now and go rate it five stars right now. It's the quickest, freest thing that you can do to support somebody that does this kind of like, you know, out of the goodness of their own heart to share something. But, you know, I was, it's not a salacious podcast. It's not something where you're like, and I'll tell you what about Countess Luhan. Like, it's not that at all. It's something so much more than that so I cracked up in hearing the episode where they were thinking that you were talking mad crap about them. Um, how do you pi- how do you how do you pick your guests? I mean, do you, do you get pitched your guests, or are you always out there going, "I want to talk to that person. I'm going to go after that person."
1: It's both. It's both, and it, the funny thing is, is you're right. Like you can't talk about the podcast until you actually listen to the podcast, <laughs> and not take a sensational headline out of a <laughs> newspaper or whatever it was. Um, you're telling
2: me page six wants to create salacious headline? That's so <laughs> wow. Page six is like a number one news source, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and they, hey, you know, they've told both sides of my story, also. So both yeah. sides of the story, they've given you know two sides as a journalist should. Um, which I appreciated, but I pick my guests through um, people who I know through a Rolodex of people that I have been, you know, humbled by, inspired by, loved by, that I love back, that I think have something to share. Um, Also new people. Um, like Maya Shaka. I just had Maya Shaka on my podcast. And for those of you who don't know who Maya Shaka is, I told her she needs to be a cocktail. We need to make her a destination, (laughs) a vacation destination. (laughs) I, she is my girl crush. I am so inspired by her. Maya Shaka is the first ever black woman to uh, officiate in the NFL. So she officiates and she's only the second woman to officiate. And she's the first uh, black member of the uh, officiating teams of the NFL on field. She has a, she is like drinking meditation. She is so Zen. This is a girl and female woman who has come up with lots of barriers, lots of struggles in her life. She's had to overcome so much, but she's also had a lot of support and she takes, I feel the balance of both of those equities and she delivers it in a, we need her as our politician. We need to like, we need to, um, you know, get Keanu Reeves to like multiply her for us and put her in every office seat. She is a stellar individual who has this calmness about her and this trueness about her that is awe-inspiring. So I didn't know her. I saw her on something and I said, I got to know more about her. I've got to talk to her. And so we, you know, we seek and seek and, and we push and push to try to get people on the podcast that, you know, I believe will be helpful to my listeners.
2: If you're one of my dream guests, who are your dream guests besides people like Maya? Is there a bucket list, or even just in your personal life, of the, one day I would love to have just a two-minute conversation with this person?
1: Well, thank you for saying that. That I'm your dream guest. That means a great deal to me. And you, I find you that made this so easy. <laughs> uh, this is He's filling this is why, my heart. <laughs> this
2: is why the podcast. You, it's so. She's made this so easy for me today. You guys, like, there's no like. This is she's fully formed. As a podcaster, not a person, as a podcaster
1: Um, Let's see, I think some There's so many dynamic individuals So like Deepak, having Deepak on Would be a dream guest for me Um, you know, someone like Viola Davis, I find her to be just such a magnificent human being. I would love to have her someone who I'm pushing for right now is I'm a big fan of, and she's so popular. Everybody gets to see her, but I just feel like more and more of her is needed, especially in this time of fear. And that's Mel Robbins. I love Mm -hmm. Mel Robbins. And so I'd really love to have her come on my podcast. And I recently just invited her. Um, so wish me luck. (laughs) <laughs> and um, you know, those are those two uh I, Deion Sanders is a old friend of mine and you he know just, yeah, did, did
2: you he just has that documentary? He that just had well the, and he's you know
1: exactly he's that. just showing the world like he's got such an unbelievable spirit and so powerful in his his faith and his belief in our maker and how he's played that forward in his life and looked back at mistakes. He's made all those things. I just find Dion to be, you know, a hero. And, you know, he's just gone through a terrible surgery. He just had uh, two of his toes amputated for a surgery, yeah. foot surgery gone bad and, you know, really difficult, uncomfortable times, but, you know, he's going to keep rising. So I'd love to have Dion on my podcast. And you he know?
2: shares that journey, you guys, on an upcoming documentary yeah. with the, the toe, like he shares all of this, which should be hugely inspirational and just a wild that he would sh- be that open, uh, which is just amazing. Um, uh, as we start winding down, do you, uh, and these are kind of bigger questions, I guess. I keep thinking about the concept of forgiveness of, um, you know, it's hard, like, w- what is your beliefs in forgiveness? Is there true forgiveness? Do you have that for yourself? Do you hold grudge? I tend to sometimes hold grudges to the point where I can't get out of my own way. And I don't, uh, I mean, what, what is your opinions on forgiveness? I
1: love this question because it's been one that I've worked on and I used to hold grudges too. I did. And I found that, you know, when there's anger, you know, when you have this anger, it, it means that if there's anger in something, it implies a wish, right? I wish something could be different. I'm frustrated yeah. or I'm angry because it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. So Anger implies a wish. So when I hold a grudge, I say to myself, what do you want from this person? And most of the time if I really, you know, seek deeply, it's either I want to be heard, I want to be seen, you know, and if I know that person can't do that with me, then I no longer have a wish. And then I no longer have any anger, and so there's no grudge. It's just that I've moved on. It's almost like my intuition caught onto your spirit and it doesn't work for me anymore. It doesn't work for what I'm trying to get out of life. And I learned this lesson I want to teach you. Be cautious of playing the victim because when you play the victim, you give power to that argument. And so life is hard and we begin to accept that life is hard and people are going to be cruel and people are going to be mean. And a lot of times people are Got their own, you know, life going past them and they don't realize they're not thinking of you or what. That's why we always like, you know how in your mind, it's like, I love this classic really fast. I'll tell this story. So a man and a woman are driving in the car and the woman's talking about life and how she's feeling and he's (laughs) kind of not paying attention. And she's like, you're not paying attention to me. And I thought we were somewhere in this relationship and we're not where we, I thought we were. And oh, just forget the whole thing. And she gets out of the car and closes the door. And the guy's sitting there kind of shocked because you see his bubble over his head. And he was thinking, ooh, I had my, when was the last time I had my oil change? 32,000 miles, where am I with the oil oil gauge? So like we make shit up in our own heads. That's the monkey brain. We make these scenarios up in our own heads. And instead of doing that and playing the victim And giving power to that argument, just sit and wait and watch and put yourself out there and know, ask yourself, what is it I want? And then go after it. And if you're not getting it, then fade to black. It doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing. And and if, and if it's worth it, you know, that old saying, if you set something free, it'll come back to you. If that person recognizes the loss in their life, they'll come back for you.
2: Yeah. It it's it, it just interesting. I've just noticed that and I don't know if it's probably always been this way, but especially the last couple of years of people, there's a wanting to get attention for like the feel bad for me approach. Instead yeah. of like look at my work, look at this. It's I want you to feel bad for me and I can can I get attention that way. And sometimes that's a really disturbing thing to to listen, to watch because people fall into that. I think social media is a very bad representation of that, of like, you know, hey, having a horrible day. Can everybody tell me they love me? Which is Cool. You're telling your desire, but sometimes people lean so much into that that they totally ignore their own personal stories, wants, and desires, you know?
1: A hundred percent. I have this picture on my phone. I have four of them because I took them of myself. I was crying. I was in so much pain. My heart was wrenching. I was crying. I was hurting so deeply. I was letting those emotions out. And I snapped my pictures and I was like, I want to be brave enough to post this on Instagram. This is me today. This is me right now. And the only reason I haven't done it is because, honestly, I don't want the outpouring of people worried about me.
2: Yeah. Because it was a
1: moment in time and I... And by nature of letting my emotion and my pain and my anguish out, my tears dry themselves. And then you kind of you sit, you're on the floor and you kind of look around and you're like, okay, well, that's over. <laughs> well, now Heather, I'm I'd get appreciate if you
2: I, I'd appreciate if you gave me that photo so I can post it. I would love to have that kind of uh you I'll know. be <laughs>
1: happy to give it to you and you can post it. Be like, this is how I'm feeling today. Like Heather looks. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> um uh okay, the, the, the couple of quick ones. Uh, um, you said, you know, you have mentioned Puff Daddy, Beyonce, all of these amazing people that you've worked for. Can you tell me what, uh, overall, what each one taught you? I know you had talked about Puff Daddy in the terms of resilience and things like that. And is there a thing with these people? Like I know why they're where they're at because of the type of person they are. It can't just be dumb luck.
1: So hard work, a hundred percent. Like when I say hard work, like I get the goosebumps, That is what I had in common as a human being with Beyonce, Jennifer Puff. I had a strong work ethic. I was taught that, you know, if you want it, you better go get it. And by the way, good luck with it. You know what I mean? We'll be here, but we're not going to really help out much. We don't know how. We don't have the wherewithal. You know, my, my family... So I had to go out and and, and get everything I did. And my father was an immigrant. So, you know, he came from a broken home in Scotland. And so like when I had a bike, you know, even though it was a used bike, like if I didn't put it up on the kickstand, he'd be like, oh, no, no, no. You respect your thing. So I keep my things. I keep my things well. I care for my things. And so hard work was something I had in common with those people. So when I had the opportunity to work for Puffy, I went in like, you know, gangbusters and he saw that I had that work ethic and he knew that I was going to be on the front line with him every time I would be there. And so we, I had really good relationships with all of my incredible celebrities because I showed up on the line every time they knew that they could count on me and that I was never going to fail them. I didn't get in trouble a lot by Puffy like other people did because I did what I said I was going to do. And when I say I'm going to do something god damn it i fucking do it and 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 if i can't do it i'll be the first to raise my hand and be like whoa this is too big or or this is how i'm gonna have to get around it you know i'm not afraid to fail but i certainly will never not try so that was a commonality that i had with all three that kids and and they showed me even more resiliency more work ethic And, you know, Beyonce to this day, you know, her cousin Angie just posted about this woman's work ethic, you know, in in the studio with the album hours without sleep. And then she says, finally, I'm going to go get some rest only to show back up an hour later because it's just too good and it's too important. You know, so having a passion for something and a drive for something, which is all three of those had, and then I got to glom onto their passion. And then with that, go and create my own, you know, and become an entrepreneur myself through those experiences. Um, They taught me humility. They taught me to bend, don't break. They taught me to multitask. They certainly taught me to have a voice. You know, I had to be, I couldn't be, I was never a yes man. You could ask all three of them. I, I let my opinions be known. I wasn't afraid. I didn't let fear get in my way. And I stood up for what I believed in. And when I needed to get smacked down or I needed to try again or I needed to do better, that's exactly what I went back and did. And so those experiences with those superpower people, those superhuman people who have gone on to do great things coming from, I mean, Beyonce, listen, she had amazing parents. She had a middle-class, high, upper middle-class upbringing. You know, a lot of people don't, but she worked her ass off at her talent shows. And she told that Puffy, his father was shot and killed when he was a child. There's nothing fake black about Puffy. I was responding, that, that still bothers me so greatly because I love him and all that he's made and all the struggles. That he's gone through, and his beautiful mother Janice, who is a dear person to me. They are the example of putting your head down and not letting life beat you and having your faith and pulling through. And Jennifer, the triple threat, the first triple threat of all of them. Look at how she has evolved through her relationships. And you've seen her with her relationships with men evolve. <laughs> now she's full circle back to the true love of her, her life Ben. And she's got these kids and she's got this humility about her. Um I, I love all my lessons for my celebrities. I hope that answered your question.
2: No, it does so much. And one of the fr- most frustrating things about life is that what, what I even learned, uh, you guys, I talk about this all the time with this podcast, like I've never worked this hard in my life. But the only things that re- it's, it sucks that it's true when people say, you know, the only things that are really worth anything are the things that you have to work so hard for. There's yeah. And it's such a hard, because le- you're like, oh, it just really is hard work to have a modicum of success, a little p you know, just to move the, the needle just a little bit. And I think you've moved so many needles in your career. And I'm so excited just to talk to you. And I'm so excited to recommend this podcast to people. If you don't already listen, you've got to listen because there's just so much knowledge coming out of this person. And I know we want salacious things. I know we want, and you know, I love pop culture. We talk about this all the time. You guys, we do, we do. And we're going to continue to talk about that, but I wanted to talk about something deeper today because I had somebody deeper with me and I want Wanted to honor who this person really is. So thank you so much for sharing so much time with us. And um, I guess the final question is how good of a singer is Countess Luann?
1: <laughs> I think she's worked at it. And I think the truth of the matter is that she has a passion for it.
2: Exactly. She exactly. loves that to was... do
1: it. And so that's what she goes and does. And, and you, she's know, successful you can say at a lot it. of things about Luann, but you got to give her kudos for doing what she loves to do.
2: And successful at it. She sold out like the Wiltern in Los Angeles years ago. Hello, Live
1: Nation. Exactly. I mean, come on. Yep, you Um, get there. When you you love something and you stay at it, which she did, then I think you'll always find some sort of success.
2: I love that. Um, Is there anything else that we can support you with? Is there anything else we need to know coming up? When is the book? When is the new book? There's got to be a new, no, there's got to be some new book. Because also, uh, just a compliment too, when you went on Watch What Happens Live to explain your side of this, I loved how you did it. Uh, you, you explained your truth. You were not, uh, there was not nerves, not like, oh, please like me, please like me. You explained your truth. You held your held up high. This is actually what was meant by it. And I think that's a very interesting thing uh, to do in this day and age of just saying how you approach something. And this is why it, I'm sorry. This is what I did. This is what I thought I was doing. I thought it was really well handled and beautiful. Um, but what else can we support you with?
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate all of that so much. Um, so beyond fresh is my business. That's my baby. That's my beautiful baby. Um, I love it so much. It's a, um, organic food supplement, uh, collection. You can go to BeyondFresh.com and check it out. It's on Amazon too. Um, you know, as a health coach and, and looking at people with their health and struggle for their health. I mean, if we don't have our health, what do we have? Right. We all know that. And it's so important and we have a lot of, there's a lot of barriers against us. A lot of things working against us when it comes. to good health a lot of propaganda a lot of convenience foods a lot of a lot of you know stuff that's just not true so um i like to take for me it's always like the old and the authentic the historical the things that have worked through for years and years um and apple cider vinegar is how it all started because it's a superpower, uh, stomach corrector. It's a superpower stomach aid. Um, and our gut is really one of the most important pieces of our system. It's like our second brain. And we house our immune system in our guts and our mood is in our guts. And of course our nutrient absorption and elimination, what we need and what we don't all happens within our gut. And there's people around, um, walking around he- uh, America and the world with really bad belly issues that can be easily corrected through nature, the fermented food, like a pickle or sauerkraut. But the easiest thing, and you've got to eat them consistently. And We need probiotics and fermented food has probiotic. It's got live bacteria. We have uh, our microbiome. Our guts are built of good and bad bacteria. And think of it like a garden. If you don't weed out the bad of the garden, the, the, the weeds overgrow the delicious tomatoes and fruit and all that stuff that you're growing. So you got to weed out the bad bacteria and something like an antibiotic could strip your belly or processed foods could strip your belly. So the long and the short of this is I created an apple cider vinegar that was delicious. So I broke down the barrier of taste, that pungent taste. I, I, I removed the issue of acidic, you know, um, hitting your acid, hitting your teeth. Um, because Jack's my kid with all the antibiotics he was on, it was a really good, um, ritual for him, but I couldn't sustain it with him. So I set out like any good entrepreneur does. And I went and I saw a hole and I went and I filled the hole. And we are the only, the only delicious apple cider vinegar out there on the market. It's organic apples. I
2: can buy this. I can buy this right now.
1: Yeah. You can go to beyondfresh.com and buy the ACV cleanse. I love this product. I also do gummies, you know, so that you have it on the go. So throw away those chalky tablets that are just masking the problem and go for apple cider vinegar, which is correcting it. If you can just take the stuff the way it is direct, get it in you. If you're having gut issues, like and some of the signs are like lethargy and belly bloat and skin eruptions and f- bad sleep and dull hair and mood. You can just
2: say my name, Heather. You don't have to like you dance around. <laughs> it. Yeah, you're talking about me. You right look now. like How you have none you? of those.
1: <laughs> you look like you have <laughs> none of those you? problems. So go on to beyondfresh.com and look. Those are all supplements to help you um, in, in your steps toward a, a journey that's a healthier one or to make better choices and crowd out bad choices. There's no such thing as good and bad food, in my um, opinion. And I don't like diets. I like using food that nature offers us to fuel our bodies, to bring joy to our systems. And if that means a pizza party with cheeseburgers and cake, go for it. But what's your choice the next day? And so Mm -hmm. I like to try to get people to make sustainable change in their life. So it's not a choice. And like, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this. I don't do that. You don't even think about those things you didn't used to do. You don't even see those words on the menu. You're driven toward the things that, you know, really, truly nourishes you.
2: You got to be my life coach. I just, (laughs) I'm going to keep, I need to know your reading list. I need to know all of it. Okay. Anyways, uh, you guys, I'm I'm happy to share. I'm going to post all of her information. Go, go, go support. This is just so inspiring for me to have this conversation. I needed this today. So I know you guys will need this. Uh, thank you so much for spending all of this time with us. It is such a treasure. Will you just say mama one time for me?
1: Oh, holla mama. I'll give Yay! it to you <laughs> <laughs> all, baby. Right,
2: five,
0: four. Betches.